0: Hey guys, this is Violet, and you're listening to the Millennials Bible Podcast, Episode 4, Me Too. Hi everyone, thank you for listening to the fourth episode of this new baby podcast of mine. I actually recorded like a full episode almost a month ago, maybe even more, um, when I was kind of on a consistent schedule and I really based it off of the movement, the Me Too movement of women sharing their sexual assault experiences and, you know, showing that there is solidarity and it's not just you, but it's Me Too. Online. Um, and so I recorded a whole episode where I really just kind of went through a whole bunch of different experiences that I've had in my life of sexual assault and just like creepy guys and all of the above, which was great. And I found it super cathartic. So, anyone, any woman or man who's had experiences, but they don't feel like they can share them online on social media, um, if you're not into journaling, try like speaking them out and recording them because it was super helpful. It felt like talking to a therapist. Um, so yeah, I like recorded that whole episode, but then the movement has just grown over the last few weeks, especially um, with women coming out in the public and naming their accusers. It all started with Harvey Weinstein and then just really snowballed from there. And it's become, you know, just kind of like the forefront of the news every morning, like, okay, who's next? And I wanted to redo this podcast to kind of reflect that and to maybe have more productive a conversation about sexual assault and not only like what good this kind of speaking up about it can do, but what we can look for and like just really kind of productive things we can do to get through this together and make it a better place. Um, I think it's all about, you know, working together and not just reflecting on what's happened, but also looking to how are we going to prevent it from happening in the future. So I'll rewind a little bit. Uh, the Me Too movement was really, really great to get the ball rolling. And now that we've had like Weinstein and like Matt Lauer and everyone and all that come out, um, it's really started this whole snowball effect. And I think it's just absolutely amazing because I'm not surprised by all these men being names, you know, sexual assault people or whatever, assault, sexual assaulters. God, this is, I'm, I'm educated, I swear. Um, but I think it's, great that women aren't scared anymore to talk about it where they can you know famous women who we all know and love who 20 years ago had a you know terrible experience with a man in power that took advantage of them now we can actually hear about it and i think it's great for them to be able to share it but it's also extremely sad that they weren't able to do that at first um And yeah, I just I think this is all leading towards something better. And I think it it really is one of those wounds that will heal with time in our society. I think it's a generally generational uh, problem. I'm not saying that as like we should excuse it in anyone over 50 like, you know, it's just in their nature and we should just like let them die off. But (laughs) in some kind of way, um, all of these like older men who are part of the being accused, I think their generation has a very different um, viewpoint on it. And the younger we are as millennials, I think we really have to push the conversation. We're now um, millennials, we're in media a lot, we're really kind of driving the subject of the news in a, like and as we get older and as we move into more professional positions. And I think that's great because I think the more we push for this and the more we just keep having the conversation come up, the better it'll be, and the more men will realize what's happening. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I live in a house with a bunch of guy roommates, and it's great because I get to see a different perspective of how they're reacting to this news as well. Um, for me, like I said, I'm not surprised. Um, none of this really surprises me. Some, like, specific stories really creep me out, and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't expect him to be that weird, like, Matt Lauer, Um, but at the same time, like the, my guy friends are a little bit more shocked, I would say, by the amount of people coming out in this situation, if that makes sense. I think they weren't really aware of the problem as much as women are, because women, we, we face it all the time. Um... I was thinking about this story, or not story, this conversation that we were having at work um, at my old job, and my boss was, he worked in politics, um, he was, you know, in D.C. and all over, and he was talking about when um, the court case in 1991 with Judge Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill came out, um, and he... It, it frustrated me at first, but I think it's just how men think about things. But he was like, oh, it, like, scared the shit out of us men. Like, what What if we do something and it's taken the wrong way? And all of a sudden we're, we're like, going to be accused of sexual assault. And I was like, oh, you're worried about that? <laughs> like, about patting a woman co-worker on the back and having her, like, take you to court? I'm worried about getting raped. Thank you. <laughs> like, things could be worse. Jesus. Um, I was really frustrated. That's just, like, the whole, like duality of this conversation is women, we are empowered by it because we say, finally, someone who's had the same thing happen that's happened to me, that's terrible, feels comfortable talking about it and people are saying, Good, I'm glad she said something. And men are looking at it as like, oh shit, what if I did something, that sexual soul? And what if they come after me? And what if I get hurt by it? And so obviously it's survival instincts. It's thinking about yourself. It's thinking about your Ability to survive and get through something and being scared of being taken to court or being named is like a fear for these men. But you know what? Do things the right way and you won't be fucking scared is my advice. (laughs) It makes me just really angry to think about that comment of like, oh, we were all just so freaked out. Like, what, we could just be taken to court from, like, he said, she said conversation? It's like, no, Judge Clarence Thomas was a fucking weirdo and was putting his pubic hair on things and talking about sex and being, like, super inappropriate. And no, that's not acceptable in the workplace. And I'm glad that Anita Hill started that conversation in the 90s. And it needs to be at the forefront of our, you know, political conversation of the public sphere, Hollywood, anything, anything at all, the workplace families, I mean, it's just sexual assault is everywhere. It's not just in one industry. It's not just, you know, men on women. It's also women on men. But I, you know, that's just showing the difference in opinion. And that's why I'm really glad that this conversation has come to light and that every day we're finding out new men that have fallen into this situation. So kind of taking a step back from my rants and my my personal angers, (laughs) I wanted to talk about like, how do we move through this as, um, as women, as society, as millennials, especially. And I think we're doing a great job of starting out with discussing it and having an open conversation, because my boyfriend, like, I told him a couple of random stories about things, or, you know, one day in our apartment complex, uh, where we used to live, there were workmen in the parking garage. I went down to my car, and they, like, whistled at me, and, like, blah, 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 and parking garages are fucking creepy. Any woman will know this. If guys are doing that, and it's a big group of them, and you're all alone, you don't see anyone, it's scary. Like, you're on alert. You're not sure what's gonna happen. That's the whole point, is, like, men might think it's harmless they might think they're complimenting a woman but for a woman we think oh god will i get raped like oh god will they kidnap me take me somewhere where's my keys where's my phone have it in my hand kind of on nine one one. like it's just we start thinking about the worst because that's what happens like it does happen and we don't want to be part of that So, like, I I told my boyfriend that that happened afterwards, and he was like, I'm going to go talk to management. Like, there's no way they should be making you feel uncomfortable in the garage and blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, you can tell them. I guarantee you, like, nothing's going to happen because the amount of times a construction crew, a work crew, has whistled or, like, made a comment about a woman passing by it's probably too high to count, honestly, and it's happening all the time. So, A, management's not going to fire their crew or reprimand them for doing that. A- in my opinion, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, and then, like, B, I don't think he realized how much that happens. Like, I just told him that because it had to just happened. I was a little scared. I wasn't sure. It was a big group of guys, so I let him know. But I think he thought that was, like, a one... Not He didn't think it was a one-time instance, but I think he was a little shocked because I was like, that happens all the time. Like, I can go maybe a week without someone like yelling something out the car. And I'm like a size like 10 or 12. Like I'm not like a skinny young thing. I'm not Kendall Jenner. I'm not Kylie Jenner. I'm not the Kardashians. Like I love the Kardashians. Sorry, I had to put that in there. But I'm not like curvilicious wearing thongs and everything all outside. Like I'm not asking for it. I'm usually in just like random clothes, but that just happens to women and it's completely terrifying. And I don't like it. But you just kind of become you know, immune to it. And I almost feel like it builds up your guard a bit more the more it happens. But I don't think men who are nice and men who don't do those kinds of things, I don't think they realize how often it happens. And I think that is the most important thing is that we have to make sure the good guys know that bad, like what bad guys do. And that sounds kind of weird. I don't think... the whole conversation of hashtag not all men is pretty stupid, and I don't want to start any kind of like conflict around that, but I am saying there are nice guys out there, I know a lot of them, who do not, you know, assault women, who do not think like that, and are really confused by guys who do, and they're really confused by those actions, and they don't realize how often it happens, and they don't realize how creepy guys can be, so I think the first thing is sharing these stories talking about all the creepy fucked up shit these predators do and then so that way the men who are nice and are there can also help be part of this conversation and they can stand in and when they see it happening in the office like that is the biggest thing is you know women alone can't do it um sure we're super powerful but you know, we're not going to fight this by being all against men and by treating this as this is only our burden to share because there are men who have been been assaulted as well. Men being assaulted by other men, men being assaulted by women. We really just need to find the people who aren't aware of the situation, make them aware, make them scared of it themselves, make them think, well, how would you feel if this happened to you? And then I think with each conversation, each push, we're raising that awareness and I think the children we raise as millennials will have a lot more emphasis on treating women correctly and, and, you know, treating other people correctly and not taking advantage of them, not showing your power through physical actions like that. And hopefully, as millennials, we talk a little bit more about sexuality. I think it's a huge power play, and I also think some of it can be attributed, um, some of it being some of assault instances, can be attributed to fucked up, repressed sexual things where, I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not into this field of study, and this is totally just a guess and a stab in the dark. But I think if we were a little bit more like open about sexuality and like, you know, that kind of thing, it it would be less of a reason for power play, less of a repressed action that you have to take it out in such an aggressive way that hurts someone else. Um, And that's like what serial killers fucking do. Like, come on. That is what people who like rape and murder people. It's all about some kind of weird fucked up relationship with their mom or something like that. So really, this isn't a, you know, oh, we do X and Y and Z and we fix the problem type of situation. This is something that's going to take time. It's going to take, you know, constant nurturing, constant attention to really bring this uh, conversation, this subject to light and to start implementing it in, you know, in schools, and education, I mean, even in churches, like, we shouldn't shy away from the topic of sexual assault because it's uncomfortable. What we should be doing is talking about, A, how to prevent it, how to act nicely towards people when you're interested in them, how not to force them to touch you and weird shit like that, which is just, like, disgusting, and we need to teach um, everyone how to keep an eye out for it and say something when it happens. Um, like, the whole... See something, say something, thing can be used in negative ways and positive ways, but in Sexual Soul, I think it needs to be emphasized even more. Um, there's just so much that happens that we don't know about. Like these stories coming out in, you know, social media and everywhere are just only a sliver of what's actually happening. And I think that's so sad. And I don't think, you know, like I think America is probably, um, I think that we have a lot of sexual assault, but I think there's some countries who have a lot worse. Um, I don't think, I know there's countries that have a lot worse of a patriarchal problem with sexual assault where, you know, they, people don't speak out about it if it's, you know, a man in a prominent position in politics or, you know, in fame or anything like that. So I think we really just have to lead the way and it takes, your actions personally to prevent these kinds of things and it takes your relationships with people and what you share with them and it takes the bravery to stand up and say something for yourself or to say something for someone else. I think a huge movement could be done with HR to fix this as well. I think HR is like always seen as like a huge joke and not a necessity but I like there's a reason they're there and we should be building that up and promoting that Now, these are all just spitballing ideas. I mean, we can't, like, force private companies to do this type of thing that's, like, not part of democracy and the free world. But in America, I think we can put some social pressure on companies to improve these standards. We can put some pressure. We can absolutely put pressure on politicians because we are their employers as American citizens. And... I mean, we really just have to work through this and take it like one situation at a time, one day at a time, do what we can to make everything a little bit better um, day by day. Now, I also wanted to talk a little bit about like college sexual assault because I think that's a completely different... I don't know, I don't want to say like strategy of attacking it. But basically, I think there's a lot to be said about like alcohol abuse in American colleges and about um, sexual assault being part of that as well. And I think it's kind of as part of team mentality, fraternity mentality. I mean, it's just, I just read something about a football team in Tulsa where they, you know, it was like the team members is all guys wasn't even a woman involved. And it was all guys and they were like putting a a pool stick, like from billiards, a pool stick up one of the guys' butts, and I'm like, this is so disturbing that this is, you know, there was a group of guys, like in you know their teen ages, doing this. It just, I, oh my god, it's just completely disheartening. Um, you just think about it, and you think this is a Law and Order episode. This is literally a Law and Order episode. I did not think this would happen in real life. This is so fucked up. And I think it just kind of gets worse when men, boys, women who grow up in that in high school go to college and are on their own and no one's told them that's wrong. No one's like reprimanded them. No one's made like punish them. Like it's just really messed up. And like we talk about the whole, um, the case of that Stanford swimmer, I won't even say his name because it's just, oh, I think I'll gag. I just can't even fathom the punishment, quote-unquote, I'm doing serious fucking air quotes over here, the punishment that that childish, childish boy received for what he did, and how can we not, at a young age, teach men and women to treat each other better, or to handle those urges in a different way that doesn't involve raping someone, that doesn't involve sticking something up their butt, something up whatever the hell they're sticking something up, like, that is just so disturbing. Like, what if we just talked about sexuality and what if we talked about not hurting people in a better way and a more open conversation? Um, I know in my school in Texas, public high school, we had, like, the worst talk about sex and stuff ever and it was all about, like, heavy petting and shit like that and remember the people had like velcro gloves and they're like when you have sex you're stuck together like this and they put their hands together and the velcro like obviously you know velcro together and they're like and then if you break up it's so hard it's like this and they like rip apart the velcro and it makes the sound of velcro ripping apart and i'm like what <laughs> you know what I'm so confused by that analogy, and it really pisses me off because that that was in my head. I remember it specifically because it was an important talk. It was everyone around you, all your schoolmates. It's nerve-wracking. You're all, like, giggling at the talk of heavy petting. But what was my takeaway from that? The words heavy petting and some fucking Velcro gloves. My takeaway from that was not about condoms, birth control, treating people respectfully, cons- respectfully, consent saying yes, what no means. I mean, I think that is just at the beginning of it. And I think some acceptance of rejection is also part of that. Um, the reason why women are so scared when, when when men like yell at them on the street or say something to them in person or comment on how they look is because we don't know if our rejection of this random guy on the street is going to lead to my death or my rape and death. Like you just think the worst because you have to be on your guard as a woman, and why don't we just teach fucking childish boys in school? If a girl tells you no, ask another girl. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's not that hard. You should learn to be rejected. That is, like, a number one rule in sales is, like, people are gonna reject you. Move on to the next one. Like, you don't have to force them to do things. It's just ridiculous. I'm, I'm going off on lots of random rants. I hope this episode actually bring some new conversation to light or at least makes other women and men feel a little bit hopeful about change happening and about our actions actually improving what the conversation is. Um, Again, while I see all these stories in the news every day it doesn't surprise me but it makes me feel grateful that they're happening and that the women were able to come out and say something and that we can move on and keep identifying people and keep pointing out their flaws and keep pointing out and saying this is wrong because younger children are watching this they're seeing it on snapchat they're seeing it on instagram they're seeing it on wherever they watch the social media news and they're seeing that these really crazy fucked up stories that like we as young kids would watch on Law and order and be like have nightmares about but they're seeing it and these are real people these are real you know millionaires millionaires people with a lot of power and money then they're seeing this creepy stuff that these men do and I think hopefully in the background of their mind it's making some kind of subconscious connection to if you do this shit you will be found out And I think the more we reiterate that message by speaking out against men that we know who have done this, the more we can make progress in that conversation, the more we can influence what the younger generations are seeing and acting and doing and saying. And I think that is just really where we're going to see more change happen. Um... I really am getting pretty heated about this. I, I think most people would. And we've had conversations in my house with all my um, friends and talking about it. And I definitely get really heated because sometimes I just get frustrated that they don't understand. Like, just these guys who are really nice and don't even think about this kind of thing. Like, they don't understand how scary and terrifying it is. They don't know the half of it unless they've had a girlfriend who's been very open with them and who had some, like, you know, various instances happen and they share that with them in, like, a open heart cry session or something. Like, these guys are not going to know what it feels like or just kind of the terror that instills when men are doing that kind of thing. Again, ugh, God, I feel so bad. I just keep saying men. It's... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to say hashtag not all men, but it's men and it's women too. It's not just um, one sex that uses this power play for sexual assault. But at the same time, um, I think men get away with it a lot. Women do too. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have no stati- statistics to back all this up. And I don't mean to leave out anyone who's had anything um, terrible happen to them, but... I just wanted to say I think we're making progress and I think there's something to be said about the light at the end of the road getting brighter and us as a society and as a culture, especially in America, working through this together um, with allies, with, you know, women as a group together working um, and just speaking up with each other. I think that's great. So I'm gonna leave it there. I think there's just so much going on. It's hard to really speak on this totally and I don't have A strict solution, like I said, there's no X, Y, and Z, and the problem will be fixed. And I might have said stuff that doesn't really make sense or won't really fix the problem, but I think having the conversation and just talking about it is one of the best ways to get closer to a solution. So I hope you guys feel the same way. Um, I'm gonna continue doing more episodes. I just got busy with. job applying and stuff like that and the holidays and getting more money to buy more presents for the holidays (laughs) um but I hope you guys have a great rest of your day um it's almost the weekend so I'll post this ASAP and I hope um maybe I get some new listeners along the way so let me know what you think and more fun topics will be coming out um maybe more Harry Potter episodes because that was a lot more fun (laughs) to talk about um but yeah we'll keep going so please feel free to like share this around or talk to anyone or talk to me um i'm not like a therapist but i do want to hear if uh you know you don't feel like you can share with any anyone else so um yeah i hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend and i hope that the news keeps bringing shit to light all right see you guys